Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom. Chris Ballas out sick, resting up before our trip to Lincoln, but we'll preview Michigan against Nebraska, Michigan's first road game of the season. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to drop us a like here, hit that thumbs up button. If you're hoping Michigan comes out of this game with a win and stays undefeated. So if you don't want that to happen, don't like the video. But if you do want that to happen, if you want Michigan to win, Drop us a like. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel here. And as always, head to thewolverine.com for all of our coverage, Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. $1 gets you premium access for your first month if you're a first-time user. So check us out over there. Uh, Anthony, before we get into Nebraska a little bit, um, in, in terms of the X's and O's and, and who's going to be on the field and all of that, we'll talk about this trophy game as well. But just your thoughts. Is it going to be your first trip to Lincoln this was the first road game I ever covered two years ago. Night game, unbelievable atmosphere, three-point win for Michigan. Kind of one of those moments, you know, where every championship season Michigan went on to win the Big Ten. You kind of need those those games that, yeah, you didn't bring your A game. The other team played really well. You got to give Nebraska credit, but you still got out of there alive. Uh, I don't know that, you know, who knows what's going to happen on Saturday, but just the environment and and everything that, that goes into this game, the pageantry of – uh, a college football game in Lincoln is going to be super, super exciting. I'm really excited. Over the last few years, I've, I've had the opportunity now to knock some of these off the list. You know, went to Kinnick last year. That was amazing. Really was at every game last year, except for the college football playoff. And I won't be doing as much travel this year, dialing it back for myself personally. But, you know, we had, uh, you know, obviously the opportunity comes up to go to Nebraska. We've got some friends in town that we'll be able to see this weekend. Uh, so yeah, just too good to pass up uh, regardless of, you know, what the records are with the teams or what's on the line or when the game takes place. So super excited for that. I mean, the first road trip of the year is always exciting for media, but also for the team too. I think this is where you really start to learn. Um, you know, you really start to learn what, what a team looks like when they hit the road for the first time. So we'll talk about all of that, but in terms of this game, this weekend, Super excited to get out there, even though uh, the travel plan is a little bumpy. Early flight tomorrow, travel day all day Sunday because I couldn't quite get a connecting flight, but really excited to hit the road and, and see what this team is made of. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. They're playing a Nebraska team that has had as interesting a, a four games as you could. Maybe, I guess, Colorado would, would be the most interesting four-game stretch here to start the season. But, you know, they come in with Matt Rule. They lose an absolute heartbreaker at Minnesota. Uh, in week one, then they dropped the game against Colorado. Um, but then have kind of won the last two, and it feels like this team is starting to click a little bit. I know the wins over Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech don't move the needle a ton. Both those teams are under 500 right now, but they win against Northern Illinois 35-11, against Louisiana Tech 28-14 to last week. The loss to Minnesota 13-10. to Again, they had that game wrapped up. And then Colorado 36-14. to it was a tight game for the most most of the first half, but then kind of unraveled there in the second half. And turnovers were a big theme in both of those two losses that they've had. But they've been more tested than Michigan, uh, you know, having played a Big Ten team and then Colorado, a, a top 25 team. Um, yeah, at the same time, you know, Michigan is, uh, you know, has looked pretty good here. I know we've nitpicked a, a decent amount, but um, they, they've looked pretty darn good here in the early going. It's going to be a hot game on Saturday. Uh, high I'm seeing today of 93 degrees winds a potentially over 20 miles per hour and when you look at this matchup and we'll get more into it in, in a second but 
just from that standpoint, as we're kind of introing here, Nebraska runs the football. They run the option. They don't throw much. Michigan, you know, obviously is a run first team as well, but they want to get it going through the air. And then Michigan relies a lot on their special teams. I mean, they're, they're going to kick, you know, probably more field goals this year than Nebraska. Nebraska has a true freshman kicker who who's one for three this year. So as much as you can predict, AB, how, how do you, how do you think the heat and the wind will play some sort of factor on Saturday? Well, I've said it a lot this week, actually, you know, for as good a run defense as Nebraska has, you know, anyone that's Michigan's going to have to be able to run the football in a game like this. And I know people want to see Michigan continue to throw to set up the pass, but you know, when you're talking about wind gusts, 25, 30 miles per hour, maybe more, we'll see what the weather looks like on Saturday. You're not going to be airing the ball out. You're not going to be, you know, throwing the deep ball down the field or anything like that. So I think the short intermediate game is probably where Michigan leans with the passing game, but weather wise, I mean, it, uh, this matchup in general, as we kind of look at the, you know, the wide angle lens of what this, this game could be, it tests your discipline because of the, the offense that you're going to see, you know, Nebraska is going to try and have your eyes all over the field uh, with the triple option, with some of the the quarterback run stuff. Uh, They're going to come right downhill at you. So you have to be disciplined have to be ready for a bit of a fist fight here and your conditioning too. I mean, you don't want to see guys cramping up, you know, whenever it gets that, that hot, I mean, can, uh, hydration for these guys for Saturday's game, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean chugging a Gatorade on the sideline Saturday. Like you're hydrating now for that game. And I'm sure they've had the heat turned up uh, in, in Glickfield house this week. I'm sure that they are taking steps from a, a conditioning standpoint to be ready for that. But you know, you look at this game and, and you look at two teams that, are, you know, on paper, it looks like a wild mismatch, but there are ways to where this this will test the the metal and the makeup of this Michigan team. And again, as I led the show with, I'm really excited to see how they respond to that, because I think what you start to learn a little more about yourself when you're away from your own house, when you have, you know, tens of thousands of people cheering against you where communication is critical, chemistry is critical. And I think that games like this can can pull another gear out of what you're building towards. Yeah, they were pumping the heat and the noise into Glick this week as they kind of prepare for this game. So you're playing in, in certain elements. You're playing in a hostile environment. Nebraska fans are extremely nice, but they also will get after you during the game. And uh, that was certainly the case two years ago when Michigan was there. That was the case back in 2012 when they lose that game after Denard Robinson gets hurt. Um we also have to touch on this before we get more into the scouting report, but this is a trophy game for Michigan, Nebraska. I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough, but there is a legit bussing with the boys bussing bowl trophy that Michigan and Nebraska will play for. Michigan had it in their locker room after winning the game a year ago. Jim Harbaugh signed off on this. Ward Manuel has agreed to this. Trev Alberts, the Nebraska athletic director, has signed off. And so has Matt Rule. Scott Frost did before but matt rule has has signed off and i just got off the phone before we started hitting record here with taylor lawan and will compton of bussin with the boys who created this trophy game and they said they got an email today saying that this is this is happening like this is a college football trophy game and taylor lawan former michigan left tackle made the great point to me that this may be the most legitimate college football trophy game of all time because no one else there's no there's no email saying that the little brown jug is a legit trophy. I mean, they just kind of happen naturally, right? Um, so, and they have paperwork. They have signed documents 
So, uh, you know, obviously it's it's kind of all in good fun, but I think sometimes we do forget like this. I mean, it's only started last year, but this actually is a legitimate trophy that they're they're going to be play for, playing for. The people watching on YouTube can can see the guys there, Will and, and Taylor, shaking hands and hand it over to Olu and the rest of the guys. I mean, Michigan has that trophy. They brought it to Lincoln, and uh, sounds like it'll be handed out to the winner on Saturday. <laughs> this is so funny, man. I mean, it, it's – it's yeah it's the new it's the new little brown jug it's the new paul but whatever you want to call it um yeah and i joked on social media earlier this week that there's a, there's even a glow from you this week about it talking about this and i can see it on the screen there's a little glow coming off of you so right. yeah it's uh hey whatever adds juice to the game uh obviously those guys you know being from each side of the matchup it's it's a fun little angle to play with it uh, you know, Michigan, Nebraska, not a traditional Big Ten matchup. I know Nebraska's only been in the Big Ten for what since 2012, I think it is. But uh, hey, man, uh, you know, these trophy games, you know, anything can happen. You never know what can happen. You throw the record out. Yeah. You throw the records out for sure. And uh, hey, listen, I'm whatever adds juice to it is great. I think that those two teams, given the history between these two programs in general, going back to, you know, 1997. Yeah, all the stuff that's that's gone on with that. Uh, hey, I, I think that's it's exciting, and the players are fired up for it on each side. You know, you know, if you have, you know, Michigan won the trophy, you got to defend the trophy now, and they've never had to do that in this quote unquote rivalry. So we'll see what happens with it. Yeah, Taylor said that at the beginning of the week, he started a group chat with JJ Blake, Zinter, Keegan, and a couple of the other guys, a Nebraska hate group chat, and they were. You know, they, they said they're fired up, so uh, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. College football is supposed to be fun. These guys, with what they're doing, former NFL player, well, Taylor's not officially retired yet, um, or not yet, but, you know, he's not officially retired. But NFL guys that went to each school, having some fun with it now with their podcasts and everything. So should be fun. I was excited to ask Ballas about this. I didn't think he would maybe like it so much. but uh, uh, He would be you- like, oh, you know what, I, I don't, just, just play the game. I don't care. Whatever. That's a great, that's a great impression. That's a great impression. So let's, let's get into uh, some of the keys to the game here for Michigan and Nebraska kickoff two thirty local time. Before we do that though, we want to talk about our friends over at prize picks football season is back and there's no better way to enjoy the games than by playing daily fantasy with prize picks. You pick two to six players predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. At Prize Picks, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. We have a special offer for all fans out there, all of our listeners and viewers, all first-time users that deposit and use the promo code Wolverine. will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. They will match that. 100% up to $100 using the promo code Wolverine. Uh, we did make some picks this week. I can start with mine. I got J.J. McCarthy, even in the wind, going more than 222 and a half passing yards. I think Nebraska is going to have a little bit of success stopping the Michigan run game. I think J.J. is going to be able to exploit that um, and, and kind of counter a little bit, use some play action stuff. And then I have Donovan Edwards, less than 43 and a half rushing yards. I thought his total, I forget exactly what it was, uh, was a little high last week, and I was able to hit on that. So I'm going back to the well. I, I just don't think right now he's going to be the featured ball carrier for this team. But uh, your picks, A.B., for this week. 
Thursday night football, second in four weeks for our hometown Detroit Lions. And for those of you watching on YouTube, see it right over this shoulder here. I'm mirrored on the screen. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson and the Lions going to Lambeau to take care of their business. So I'm staying in that game. I am going, I think this is going to be, we talk about Big Ten bar fights. That's going to come up here again soon in this podcast. But I think we're in for an NFC North bar fight on Thursday night. One of those classic slugfests. I've got Jared Goff less than 254.5 passing yards. And I have Jordan Love less than 17 and a half rushing yards. I think that both these defenses will probably lock in and play well. I think Thursday night football lends itself to that. And as far as the Jordan Love pick goes, I think the Lions are coming after him. And they've got some injuries on their offensive line. And I think Aiden Hutchinson has another big game on Thursday night. So those are my two picks. I had some good luck the last couple weeks, uh, but we'll see where it goes from there. It's not luck. You can't say it's luck. You got to take the wins when you can get them. Um, well, I say that, and then I looked at my entry from last week, and I did not win. But oh, okay. Point stands. You know, we're manifesting luck tonight. That's right. Um, so yeah, use the promo code Wolverine there. Receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. That's the uh, PrizePicks.com or download the PrizePicks app. The app is super easy to use, especially takes just a couple seconds to insert your picks. Use the promo code. Wolverine for an instant deposit match up to $100. Uh, let's start, Anthony, with the Michigan offense in this game, what we kind of expect from them, and we've mentioned it. So Nebraska ranks number one nationally according to one site, number two nationally according to another site behind James Madison in, I believe, their their second year in the FBS. Uh, but I digress. In rushing defense, Michigan wants to play you know a similar way to Nebraska, and I think we talked about it on Monday where Nebraska has kind of modeled the way they want to play physical, run the ball, stop the run. Uh, they've kind of modeled that after a blueprint that Michigan has set and been really successful with under Jim Harbaugh, especially in the most recent years. Um, but they're going to want to stop the run here. Michigan's going to want to run the football with Blake Corum, who had uh, has really played well against Nebraska in the past, but this under Matt rule, a little bit of a different look uh, three, three, five defense under Tony white, who was at Syracuse the last three years, Arizona state, before that, we know the odd fronts have given Michigan a little bit of trouble. It's just a different look you don't see in the Big Ten all that much. Um, but they have faced them a little bit more, I think, a couple times in the non-conference and then obviously in the Fiesta Bowl. So it won't be the craziest thing in the world for them to have to or had to prepare for that all week long. Um, but I, I like a couple things. One, the way Michigan has used the play-action game, I think they need to use it more, especially in a game like this when the other team is going to be really intent on stopping the run and really good at stopping the run. And then two, using JJ McCarthy in the run game when everyone's going to be keying in on Blake Corum, they're all going to be crashing in on him. We saw it last week. Five of his non-sack carries go for 51 yards. A few of them design runs, a couple of them on third down and short, and then one on fourth. And I think one or two, but from their own 36, which really allowed them to stay on that huge drive that went for eight minutes. Him in the run game, as long as he gets out of bounds and gets down, it's it's tougher when when it's really loud um, and you don't have all your senses there 100% when you're on offense. So you don't want him to take a big hit, but I think that could be key in this game as well. We'll talk about it in a second, but Nebraska is going to run their quarterback, Heinrich Harburg. Michigan may have to run their quarterback as well. We're getting to a point now where teams loading up to stop the run is just going to be – it's going to have to be something that – they get used to seeing and they have they've seen it for four weeks now and you know people will lament the downfall of michigan's run game but 
at some point too, you're going to have to be able, and this is why you put a drill like the beat Georgia drill in there is running, being able to run the football and physically dominate when everyone in the building knows what's coming. So I do expect Michigan's run game to be efficient. You know, maybe Trevor Keegan said earlier this week, you know, the day, maybe the days of running for 300 or 400 yards in a game are over given the new clock rules. But, you know, I look to, you know, when I look at, you know, offense versus defense in this game, I look to last year's game about this time of year at Iowa as maybe the blueprint for what I would like this thing to look like. Uh, you were able to go into Iowa. You ran the ball 42 times for 172 yards. Blake Corum had a big game. You had that 11-play, 75-yard drive right off the bat uh, to kind of set the tone, which teams don't do uh, do that in Kinnick Stadium. And I think that's going to kind of be what this game has to look like on Saturday when Michigan goes to Nebraska. Now, again, if teams want to keep gearing up to stop the run, I say let them. J.J. is last week I thought was as comfortable and as decisive as we've seen him making those reads and pulling the ball and, and running and getting out when, when nothing was available down the field, we need to see more of that. I think we will see more of that of uh, the play action game. Colston, this is, you know, this is a week to see Colston Loveland and, and AJ Barner and maybe Donovan Edwards out of the backfield. I think we're, that's where maybe his biggest impact is going to come right now is catching the ball on some of those checkdowns and, and finding green grass for him to get up the field. But, you know, for this Michigan offense, I think, you know, given the way, you know, given the way that I can see a path where Nebraska is going to try to run the heck out of the ball, using that option offense to their own benefit and, and grinding the clock down and limiting possessions, that's going to be what keeps a team like Nebraska in this game. But Michigan can counter that by going on long drives of its own, because if you do that and you're finishing with six points on the road, I just don't think that Nebraska will have enough possessions to kind of hang with you if you're taking care of your business in that regard. So keep taking what the defense gives you. Uh, I'm totally fine with that approach from the Michigan offense. And I know that possessions are down. Plays aren't really down that much. You want to get see them get more of those explosives. But I don't know if this is going to be the week you see that. Uh, I do think this is more of a, like a death by a thousand paper cuts type of game for them. Yeah, and you want to come out – two things. You want to start fast in this game because with the limited plays, I mean, you don't want to fall behind and be that team that needs – wait, we need three scores or, you know, I don't think they're going to fall behind that much. But, you know, you, you, we need two scores to tie the game. It's like, well, okay, well, how many possessions are we going to have left? Maybe four in the second half or something like that. That's, that's one thing. Um, and then two is you're going to want to make a statement. Like, they're going to try to stop the run, but – Michigan has done that, and you brought up the Iowa game last year, which I think is a great point, that Michigan came out in that game making a statement that they didn't run all over Iowa, not by any stretch, but they did have some success moving the chains, playing you know physical football down there, and I, I think they're going to want to make the statement, as, as we talked about on Monday as well. Blake Corum's quote after last week's game of, you know, they wanted to play bully ball, well, we bully bullies. You know, that's the mentality of this Michigan team still. So you can't fall in love with just doing that and fall into that that, that trap of, you know, not adjusting and not throwing the football when it's there and not using the play action and all that. But at the same time, this Michigan team is going to want to play its style of football as well in this game. A couple other notes on, on the Nebraska defense. They rank 103rd against the pass, 250 uh, yards per game through the air that they allow. And then um, I did want to mention Luke Reimer, their starting middle linebacker, is questionable for this game, but he has been fantastic. He ranks 10th all-time. Nebraska in tackles. He's in his fifth season. 
uh, I believe this year um, and is, is off to a good year. The line him up on the line of scrimmage, the line him up right in the middle as well. And he's a key player. So one to watch as we get that injury report to two hours before kickoff. Uh, definitely one I'll be watching on the Nebraska side. Uh, let's flip over to the other side of the football with Michigan's defense going up against the Nebraska offense. And they look different than they did the first couple of weeks with Jeff Sims back there. It's Heinrich Harburg, a kid who, and I was talking to Sean Callahan, who does a great job with Husker online uh, on our on three network. And he was saying that the last coaching staff basically wrote off Heinrich Harburg. They didn't want anything to do with him as a quarterback. This kid is from Nebraska, homegrown product, comes in this year in replacement of Jeff, Jeff Sims, who's been injured and obviously struggling in those first couple games and has been great running the football, running the option for them, um, taking care of the football most of the time as well. Uh, he's six foot five. What is his weight here? Um, huge dude at, at six foot five, 215 pounds. Uh, you see him there, big arm. Isn't going to throw a lot, has not been all that accurate, but he does have a strong arm. They're going to run the ball at Michigan. Michigan's going to have to be disciplined going against the option. Uh, and that's why I will see this in my article tomorrow. But Mikey Sainer still, to me, is a player to watch because he's going to be so key on on keeping his responsibility out on the edge. Um, but your thoughts on Michigan going up against the option? Jim Harbaugh grew up watching Michigan run the option with Rick Leach and all those guys. He ran some of the option. Well, he was at Michigan. He said it's one of the greatest concepts in all of football. Uh, he definitely has an affinity for it with the way Bo Schembechler ran it. Um, and you can tell he respects what Nebraska is doing, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see Michigan go up against this style of football. It will be. And it's one of those things where the option goes back to even back when they're playing with leather helmets. I mean, this oh, is yeah. really oh, yeah. football at its most um I know maybe barbaric's not the word, but this is pure. <laughs> it's pure football, like the purest, most disciplined type of football uh, or most disciplined type of defense that you have to play is against that option. And as we're recording this now, uh, early on Thursday afternoon, I just wrote about why the linebackers to me are the position group that I'll be watching super closely, especially, you know, you have a guy in uh, in Nebraska's quarterback, he's 6'5", 215, 220, whatever it is. That's a that's a that's a big guy coming at you. That's we're talking maybe not quite the you know the power of a tight end, but that's a big target. And, and you get that guy running with a full head of steam, they're gonna they're gonna want to smack Michigan in the mouth. You're gonna see them bring tight ends downhill. You're gonna see them bring a fullback and, and all these guys downhill, and they're gonna try and out physical Michigan. And so much of of defending the option is keeping your eyes on the football. Don't watch the quarterback. Don't, don't watch, you know, don't lock into a particular guy. You need to be focused and disciplined on where that football is. And now on the road, some would argue that on the road, that's maybe something where you can communicate a little bit better because the crowd is trying to stay quiet. So the offense can get into high gear, but um, you know, I think if Michigan finds, and this is where, again, I think junior Colson, Michael bear, Ernest Hausman, former Nebraska Cornhusker, Ernest his Hausman, yeah. making his return. All those guys are critical in this game. Uh, because Nebraska is going to come out here and try to make this game competitive by punching them in the mouth. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see a couple drives early where they're able to kind of dictate that and punch Michigan in the mouth. Cause we haven't really seen those linebackers have been kept, kept pretty clean this year because the defensive lines taking care of business, the defensive backfield is taking care of their business. But you know, this is where it's going to have to be, you know, the, the, 
a, you know, the immovable, immovable object up against, you know, a freight train and you're going to see collisions. You're going to see some violent old school style of football. Uh, those guys are critical in that. Now that doesn't mean the back, the back four or five guys get to take the afternoon off. Like you said, Mike Sainer still is going to be key in that as well. And also something else we've seen hearkening back to maybe that Iowa game last year is that sometimes the linebackers, especially a guy like junior Colson can just, not get quite as deep where they need to um, in coverage. And, and we've seen tight ends take advantage of that in the past and uh, in the past. And we've seen that uh, Nebraska has a good tight end in Thomas Fidome. but yeah, I think for me, it's all about eye discipline. It's about uh, in its purest form, as Jim Harbaugh likes to say, blocking and tackling. And that's where I think the linebackers are, are critical this week, as well as the defensive linemen. Like mean, those guys have to win up front, but uh those linebackers to me are the group I'll be watching the most. That's a good point. I think it's Fedoni, but also you have me second guessing now. And I, w- I was just about to mention him too. They are going to throw the football a little bit. And Thomas Fedoni has three straight games with the touchdown catch. They also have Billy Kemp uh, who transferred in. He has 13 catches, which leads their team shows you how low kind of those passing numbers are. They only have thrown 20.8 pass attempts per game. Um, that ranks uh, less than a hundredth in the country. I can't remember exactly, but they're tied 116th with six yards per pass. So they're going to want to run the ball. And then also Jeff Sims, I think is getting healthier. I'm not sure if he's going to play some sort of role in this game. Uh, but Sean Callahan points out the stat to me as well, that they're three of 14 on passes of 20 plus yards um, in, in the air. And I think that's going to allow Michigan safeties or D backs to play close to the line of scrimmage, play up there, knowing that it's either going to be a quick pass or they're going to be engaged early on in the run game, the option game. Um, so, yeah, just a couple things to watch there. Um, and Nebraska has rushed for 200 or more yards in three straight games for the first time since 2018. So it shows you just how much success they're having on the ground. Um Anything else on uh, you know the Michigan defense going into this game? I thought they've they've played lights out. Um, they've allowed seven points at most in any game this year, and this will be a test in a little bit of a different way. But I feel like if there's anything to feel confident about, it's that you're probably going to hold Nebraska to you know pretty low mark in this game as well. Yeah, I, I would think so. And again, uh, it's going to going to be a test of your discipline, a test of your. Uh, your fortitude, so to speak. So yeah, excited to see that. Cause I think that that will travel. That's the one thing that I'm most confident about this Michigan defense is that they will continue to play lights out no matter the venue throughout the year. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, those offensive guys holding up their end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. And also when it comes to the Nebraska offense, um, I mentioned at the top of the show, but they have true freshman place kicker, Tristan Alvano. He's one for three. He made a 27-yarder. He missed a 41 last week. But it doesn't seem like they they trust him a whole lot. So if it is tight, um, you, you know, I, I it's just going to be tougher, I think, for them to get some sort of points out of some of those drives that might stall out. We may see him go for some more fourth downs, that sort of thing. Uh, but this is a, a record-breaking high school kicker uh, in Nebraska and probably has a good career ahead of him, but he's a true freshman. And that's like if Michigan had some aha going out there right now. It's a it's a tough job. Um, yeah. Let's move along to our predictions in this game. But before we do, we want to hear from our sponsors. Game Time, we're brought to you today by our friends at Game Time, the exclusive ticketing partner of the Wolverine, created by fans 
for fans. Game time is the ticketing app that makes it easier than ever to score last minute deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. And they guarantee the lowest price. Football is back. Uh, AB, you went to the Lions game last week using game time. Um, so super easy there. Just a couple clicks where you can select your seats, select your tickets, get your payment in there. They have the best seats, the best deals. It's all possible with the game time app. They have the biggest last minute price drops. They can be found uh, on the seats that you thought you could never buy. They'll even credit you 110% of the seat price if you can find a better deal elsewhere. Um, I've mentioned a couple times my family used used it for two Michigan games already this year. Chris Ballas used it last week, our own promo code. So it's kind of given us some credit there uh, at the Lions game. And so did you, Anthony, but pretty easy experience using game time. As easy as it gets. Uh, you know, I had some experience with the app in the past uh, and I've never had any issues on there. Uh, the, the interface is great. The flash sales are good. The prices I think are as good, if not better than everyone else's. Uh, and it's super guaranteed easy to, to get be in. better. Yeah. Guaranteed. Well, they are because that's what I've been <laughs> using for my tickets. So uh, shout out to game time. Yeah, it was uh, it was great to be able to uh, put a little bit of money back in the company's pocket that way. So uh, shout out to game time. Uh, we appreciate you. So the promo code that Anthony used last week for the Lions game was Wolverine. That got him $20 off his first purchase. Terms apply, but download the game time app or go to gametime.co. Enter your email, use promo code Wolverine for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. We're also brought to you today by Suzy Surma. Have you ever thought about buying a home to be closer, but not too close to Ann Arbor? Our sponsor and real estate expert, Suzy Surma of Modus Realty, has the perfect home for you. This beautiful and private property is just 20 minutes from Ann Arbor, 15 minutes from downtown Northville and downtown Plymouth. Home is situated on 8.22 acres with a natural preserve on one side that can't be built on. The perfect blend of modern comfort and natural beauty. This house is going live tomorrow. And an open house on Sunday, October 1, from noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. This ranch-style brick home in Salem Township with just under 2,200 finished square feet on the first floor and 1,800 more living space below in the finished basement. This home has all the bells and whistles, four bedrooms, two full baths, two half baths, two car garage, most all major appliances included, a walkout basement, perfect for hosting that tailgate party before the game. It's located on eight acres of land, which allows you to enjoy peaceful serenity of nature right in your backyard. It's a great area. And as you could see, uh, the people watching on YouTube right now can see a tour of the house. It's very, very nice. So um, it's, you want to have a good real estate agent. It makes life so much easier. My brother just bought a house on the other side of the state, but went through the process, had a fantastic realtor and it really makes your life a lot easier. So Susie Surma is the best and you can contact Susie today at 248-767-5633 or send an email to Susie at modusre.com. That's M-O-T-U-S-R-E.com. Thank you to Susie Surma. And if you buy the house, you have to invite us over for a road game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Let's see. Let's get to our predictions here for this game. We'll start with our offensive player of the game, who's going to shine on that side of the football. And it's, you know, these days it's kind of like between a couple guys, it feels like. I'm going to go with J.J. McCarthy. I just think he's going to play well in this game. Maybe they'll slow down the run a little bit. I think we'll see his legs, as I mentioned earlier. 
And I think we're going to see them go to that play action game, go to, uh, you know, open things up a little bit for him. Nebraska has struggled a little bit against the pass, even though they've been so good against the run. And I think JJ is going to take advantage in this game and be able to lead this Michigan offense. Even if they, they score four times, you know, I think that's going to be more than enough in this game. And I think he's going to handle the, the environment. Well, he's played there before in a backup role, got a couple snaps. And uh, I think that JJ is going to be on point today uh, on Saturday, not today. I wish it was today. That's how excited we are for it. Yeah, exactly. uh, in a battle of tight ends between Colston Loveland and Thomas Fedoni. I'm going to okay. get that on the record as right. I had to correct myself. Uh, I think that Colston Loveland will have a big game. I think that in order for Michigan to kind of take some pressure off of that run game, you need those guys to move the chains. And I think Loveland is, uh, I don't even think we've seen close to his best performance yet. I think that he's in for a big game on the road. It feels like a game where, someone's tight end is going to star. So I'm going with Loveland this week. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, defensive player of the game. I, I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about this Michigan defense, having to, to defend the option and just Mikey Sanrasil has been so good this year. He obviously had the game changing play last week, but also the way they're using him, they're showing him at the line and then he'll drop They're you know, lining him up in front of a slot receiver. And then he comes on a blitz. He, he blitzed five times on passing downs last week against Rutgers. Three pressures on those. He's tied for the team's lead in quarterback hurries despite being your nickelback. So I just think Mikey Sainer still against this type of offense. He's maybe the smallest guy in the field, but he's so disciplined. He's so smart. He has great instincts, and he's strong for his size. He's going to have to play up in the run game there. Maybe they'll, they'll go with a couple heavier packages, but I think we're going to see him in there making quite a few plays for this Michigan defense. I'm staying in that namesake. I'm going with Michael Barrett, though, uh, okay. this time around. He's a guy that you go through and you look at some of these these game uh, the game grades on PFF and week one and week three didn't tackle super well. In fact, you know, according to their grades, tackled poorly. And then weeks two and week four come out and plays as well as almost you possibly could in terms of you know being a sure tackler and things like that. And I think this game is going to come down to that too. Uh, I like that it seems like they've used him in some pass rush snaps as well. So maybe see him get after a little bit. Uh, I'm going to stick with the linebackers. I'll stick with Barrett. I do think that uh, we're going to see Ernest house. make a couple big plays too. Yep. And you know, he wants to right? coming back to Nebraska where he played last year and, and really had an impact against Michigan. So he's played in the bus and bowl in the past and played well. I think he had the team high 10, 10 tackles in that game. Uh, let's, Final score predictions for this game. Our staff predictions article is up over at thewolverine.com. So check that out. You can get your prediction from Chris Ballas, John Borton, Doug Skeens on there as well. Um, and then obviously ours, but we'll we'll share them here as well. I got 28 to 3 Michigan winning this game. I, look, I think it's going to be, you know, kind of a I think it's going to be a close game most of the first half. I think it's going to could be similar to a week ago against Rutgers where it really took, you know, some big plays and in, in Michigan turning it on a little bit in the second half after, you know, somewhat of a struggle. And you got to credit the opponent for that as well. I think Nebraska is going to play them tight. I, I just don't see Nebraska scoring many points here. And even the three, I don't think it's going to be a shutout, but even the three, I'm a little bit wary about because of the kicker situation that we talked about earlier. Matt rule said earlier this week, he still has faith in the kicker, but, um, you know, it's just going to be tough for them to score, I think, on this Michigan defense, given that they're they're quite one-dimensional offensively. If if that's what it comes down to, uh, 
you and I might be fighting it out for a staff pick because I have 28 to 10. I think that Nebraska, I think this game is probably going to look like the first four weeks have where Michigan's maybe leaving, leading 14 to seven at the half and people on the message board and on social media will be cursing and, and, you know, flashing the double bird to the new clock rule because of lack of possessions and all that. Uh, I just think that Michigan will ultimately kind of be too much and, and pull away in that second half. Uh, staff picks will be interesting this week because John Borton's either getting win number one on the season or one of us will be getting win number two because uh, between Ballas, Doug Skeen, and the two of us, everyone's got one so far this year. So a uh, little subplot for Saturday's game. But yeah, I just feel like for all the reasons that we discussed, I, I, I'm confident that Michigan has the defense that's going to travel. Um, they're going to need to be disciplined. They're going to need to communicate well. I think that playing on the road as a defense lends itself to that. Um, but physically, Nebraska's Nebraska's not going to back down. If they don't turn over the ball, they maybe are 4-0 right now. Who knows what happens? So uh, they might not have the horses to make this a competitive game, but you know, even just in the first four weeks of the season, it's so much clearer that they are just more physical than they've needed to be. I think they're better coached than they've been or than they were under Scott Frost. So uh, I think the Michigan's going to come out kind of on fire, relatively speaking, uh, similar to the way that things went at Iowa last year, and they walk out of this game with a 28-10 win. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be tight between us for the staff prediction. I will read Chris's off here since we don't want to shortchange the people. Again, he's not on today's show, but we usually get his pick here. Uh, he has 30-13. to 13. Michigan winning. He says the Nebraska offense is unique, but it still isn't very good. We'd feel better with Mason Graham out there clogging the middle in the run game, but the Wolverines have more than enough athletes to combat that offense. He says the Michigan offense is still a work in progress, but takes a step this week. So 30-13 from Chris Ballas. And yeah, like you said, we're we're battling out there up in the press box during some of these games for what the final score is going to be trying to compete up there. But uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a fist fight on the field and in the press box. That's right. Oh yeah. Hopefully no one gets hurt, but you never know. Um, <laughs> let's move on. We have three games to pick from around the country this week. No man knows the future. We will try to predict what happens though. And not a great slate, not a great slate this week after what was an unbelievable one a week ago. So you got to take the, you got to take that week, enjoy it, still enjoy this one. There are a few good games, but we'll start with USC at Colorado. Colorado, 21 and a half point underdog at home, over under 73 and a half points. So it will be exciting, I think, at the very least. This will lead into the Michigan game on Fox, but I'm going to go with, with USC to cover here. I think we're going to start to see Colorado fade a little bit now that they have some you know tougher games here. We saw the Oregon game. A week ago, and I think that USC is basically just a better version of what Colorado is at this point. Not a ton of defense, not overly physical, but good skill position players, good quarterback play. They just have they're just better in all those areas. So I'm gonna go with USC to cover the big number. I'm gonna go with Colorado to cover the number, but it's only because I could see this being like a 49-28 type of game. Uh yeah. USC's defense I thought would get better. You see a guy like Bear Alexander transfer from Georgia, and you're like, all right, you know, maybe USC's building something here. And they're still kind of a disaster. Uh, the thing is that they can't really stop the run, and Colorado doesn't run the ball very well. But I do think, even if it's a backdoor cover, I think that uh, Shadour and the guys will be able to hang in a shootout for a little bit, but uh, just too much of that extra gear from USC. But, but we'll go. I definitely be betting the over. I, I feel pretty confident about that one. But 
Um, we'll go Colorado here. Got to take the over. Otherwise, you're no fun. Uh, Notre Dame at Duke. Duke is a five and a half point underdog at home to the Irish over under 54. I got Duke, and I think they may win this game. I said that last week about Notre Dame. I was wrong. Maybe if they line up 11 guys. But I got I got Duke in this game. A little bit of a hangover for Notre Dame coming off the emotional Ohio State loss. It's probably more emotional for Ohio State, Ryan Day. Um, we talked about his meltdown earlier in the week, so we don't have to get into it. But I got Duke in this game over Notre Dame. I'm going Duke, too. And I wouldn't be surprised if they went out right. Um, I just don't think... I just don't think that Marcus Freeman is that good of a head coach. And for all the talk that there's been this week in this area about him potentially as a candidate at Michigan state, uh, objectively speaking, I think that Michigan state could probably do better than that. So that's a roundabout way of me saying Duke. I don't know if they can do better, but I also agree. He's not that great. I'm kind of in the middle ground there. Um, Michigan state, speaking of them, interim head coach, Harlan Barnett, they're going at Iowa to Kinnick, Iowa, Cade McNamara, Eric, all those guys are 12 and a half point favorites over under a whopping 36 and a half points. No clue about this game. It will be like, it will not be exciting. It will not be like the USC and Colorado game. It will look like a different sport, but it will be interesting to see what happens in this game. I have no clue what is going to occur, but I guess I'm going to take Iowa at home. I don't know why I think maybe everyone's just two down on them. Maybe we're overacting a little bit after the Penn State game. I don't know. They had less than 100 yards, so I don't know. But I'll take Iowa. I mean, dude, j- just look at the over-under. It's literally half the total from the USC-Colorado game. I mean, it's <laughs> it's wild. It is, um, yeah. Less. Yeah, I don't know. It's God, both. I don't care. How about that? Let me hearken some Chris Ballas energy. I don't care. Uh, Iowa, sure, but Iowa wins like 24 to 6 or something. Sure, why not? Yeah, that's I got that'll probably happen. Okay, uh, yeah, I f- figured we might as well pick it because it is the primetime NBC game in the Big Ten. Oh. There are not not that many great oh. ones. Um, so that that is going to be our show for this week. Thank you everybody for listening for watching. Again, make sure to give us a thumbs up, hit that like button on YouTube if you're watching there. Hit the subscribe channel as well. Much more content, including the post game show with Anthony and former All Big Ten defensive lineman Ryan Van Bergen just after the game from Lincoln on Saturday. Will Anthony be in Lincoln and Ryan will be at home or elsewhere, but will be a fantastic show. So stay tuned for that and head to the Wolverine.com for all of your Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting coverage. $1 gets you your first month of premium access for first time users. And we will see everyone next time.